a sweet easy for the MJ BizCon week. I'm so excited to be doing live interviews here tonight. And you know, follow FadedTruth.com. Let's get it. All right. So I'm here with JC. This is a pre, little pre-video right now. Hello. <laughs> Modeling party ice. Yes, we are here at Pemberton Distribution and Unforgettable Spirits. And I requested some repo and he brought me some Don Elias. Tell me about this tequila. So uh, it's a, one of the best juices we've ever had. It's a lowland agave. Um, we're working on the packaging and the, uh, and the bottling, of course, but uh, this is all estate grown, estate distilled, estate bottled and fully matured in Napa Valley wine barrels. Ooh, let's, I mean, Ooh let's, 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 All right, let's see how we do it. And we, uh, we're, we're becoming a power. We're going to have a nice, <coughs> nice chat in the, in the Wow. Nice. It's nice. Ooh. Okay, we're a good way to start okay. the event. Thank you for calling me. I, I will come serve. And so... We got some... Take good care of yourself, all right, mate? Custom tequila bottles from Dos Artes. Make yourself a hot toddy, right? Make yourself a hot toddy. And then this is the one that's like really good in the clay. So we're about to got my little setup going. I'm gonna interview some people for MJ BizCon. Let's do it. We got DJ Amaz in the building. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Faded Truth. Thank you for being here. Thank you for subscribing and supporting the business. Today, we're here during MJ BizCon Week. If y'all don't know, it is the biggest convention for cannabis connections. Everyone in the industry comes out. There's fucking parties all over Vegas. And tonight, we are at the El Jefe Speakeasy. It's a networking mixer powered by Contacts and hosted by Pemberton Distribution and Unforgettable Wine and Spirits. And today, I have, as my first guest, the owner of Contacts Media Group and music and film recording engineer, Mr. Kevin Reynolds. Hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> hi. Hi. Cheers. Cheers. How are you? I'm all right. Incredibly awkward, but great. You're awkward or I'm awkward? No, no, no. It's me. Let it be me. It's okay. <laughs> Never you. Yeah. I think it's most people get awkward around me. So don't. It's nah, okay. No, nah, I'm just, I'm an awkward <laughs> kind of guy. I'm going to play you like this. Okay. Just a little bit. Okay, uh, perfect. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So we actually met at, what, a chamber event? A cannabis Yeah. Event? Another awkward moment where, in my life. Where was that? Did I yell at you? Nobody yells at okay. me, even when they think they do. <laughs> okay. I mean, you would know if I, if I did. But I'm like, did you piss me off or were we cool? I don't nah, remember. Nah, we're good. <laughs> we're always good. I'm already sweating, so I'm going to take this off because I got my velvet on over here. Um, okay, so can you? let's first off start by talking about Contacts Media. So the information that I have on it is just that it's a service provider, vendor reps, and facilitator for media, so can you kind of explain what that is? Okay, uh, it's a, a, um, 
a phrase that I made up the other day, which I feel is most fitting because it's too many syllables. So I tried it five minutes ago in the last conversation. I'm going to do it now. We are a strategic alliance specialist. What that means is, you know, we have several people, different, different factions, but one similar uh, group of interest. <laughs> You can look at your notes. It's okay, Kev. Good. I got my here notes go. here too. Look. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be all smooth about it. Ah, here it we is go. Okay, Kev. Hey, that's it's... what edits are for. Shit. And people like bloopers, to be honest. You know what? Here goes. I got a blooper for you. Hey, I have a blooper. Who gives a fuck? Here I go. Here I go. <laughs> yeah, I got on my wall. I can't mess with my makeup. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Kev. <laughs> KR. All right. There we go. KR. Right. So long story short, you know, we're a strategic alliance specialist, you know, group of them. There's a group of us. There are three of us primarily. And the main thing that we do is we create relationships between company, media, and influencers like yourself for business situations, you know, uh, through my journey in music and in film and all forms of mixed media you get to meet a lot of different figureheads you know and the one thing you really understand about that process is no matter what they're always looking for something next it's like um, being in as a financial advisor one of the things you're gonna try to sell your clientele on is diversification so here if I'm in a session with somebody and I'm like, you know what? Hey, we're good now, but you know what? In two years, I can't wait to find out whether or not you're gonna make another record. I tell you what, I got some people, and I know some people, that would love to do something with your brand. So you're the, like, I, I love the word facilitator. I am that. Yeah, because I learned I that, like, kind of the difference of, like, you're not really, like, that. you're not the end-all be-all, but you're the facilitator. Exactly. I'm giving you the tools. Right. And what you do with them is on to on you. you. Yeah. Just we take, you know, a certain percentage and perpetuity <laughs> and, you know. Yes, and perpetuity. And find her feet. Full life, motherfucker. <laughs> That's what that means. Right. Hey, look, you know what? I got to finance taking so you out. How so. do you put it in, how do you put it in lane? <laughs> terms for someone like me and is it just a media all around we're connecting artists producers or is it more so it's corporate an, no it okay. could be it basically it's like this if you're familiar with a marketing agency or better yet you know what a matchmaker like any one of your friends ever try to set you up with somebody same principle Yes. I think. Well, you know somebody that, yeah. <laughs> same principle. You know, basically, I get into your ear based on our relationship, you know, and I present to you a portfolio of things. Or if by way we have a lead on somebody, or if it's somebody, like I said, I'm in the studio with. And, you know, they're looking into things, and I overhear, you know, their financial advisor or whomever on their team that can't syllabicate or articulate what should be, I come in as a voice of reason, you know, and I make things plain and, you know, I begin to broker a situation, you know, that simple. Okay. Okay, Kevin. So, when's the last time that you've, you know, because you said music and film recording engineer, so for me that's like what most people think is a producer, correct? No. 
Yeah, I mean, in a way, it is. I've interviewed some recording engineers, and it, they kind of like have the blanket term of producer, but then it goes so much deeper, right? So, did you actually? Yeah. Were you a singer? Were you like a performer before you got into music, or like what steered you into that? You really want to know? I was cutting out of high school. Okay. <laughs> and um, this is at a time where they used to have uh, paddy wagons. You know, these <laughs> large wagons that, like you know. Like the Scooby Doo? Well, worse, <laughs> actually. You know, the police drove them looking for kids that would cut out of school. And my friend and I, you know, had. You know, really? cut out. Yes, I didn't know like, that. Where were? Where'd you grow up? New York City. Listen really? to me. <laughs> you guys can't talk about my accent no more. How you say water? Water. <laughs> there you go. You. H two O. Yeah. No problem. I didn't know they did that. They used to. I don't know about now. Wow. But yeah. So anyway, long story short, you know, I was. Yeah. I mean, we all kind of got into things. Like, I'll show you an old picture of me, and it all makes sense. You know, I was a teenage metalhead, so I, I rode a skateboard. I played bass. You know, I actually still play bass. You know, but um, you know, it was one of those things. So we were on our way to go to this music store. It's a very famous music store called Manny's Music on 48th Street. Like everybody, it was like you know going to Saks Fifth Avenue. You know, really great. So on our way there, you know, we got interrupted by cops, <laughs> and the cop van was you know kind of circling the block, and my friend jumped into a garbage can and left me on the street so i had to run and i ran into the service area of what i found out later to be called the recording studio called the hit factory wow. and i talked my way into a internship based on the premise that i would not miss another day of school yeah what so what the fuck are the odds of that what are the odds of me talking to you? <laughs> Shit. I mean. No, because it's such a great story when you think about it. Like. And that was the edited version. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know why you're doing edited. We're on faded truth. It's literally everything's unedited. <laughs> that's I'm awesome, yeah. though. Because, like, looking back, I mean, that's got to be, like, insane nostalgia. Yeah. To, like, look yeah. back and be like, wow, I was. I fucking mean, around and then my fuck around brought me to this point yeah you know? I mean literally I would cut out of high school and mix records that like you know you would hear on the radio you know I mean you know you get the Grammy nominees and all this kind of stuff you know and whatnot you know and you know it's it's a great thing and it's a very interesting thing because you know it tells you about you know what how history is chronicalized you know it, it's one of those type of things and it also too as you get older you know it makes you think it's like hey, this is this is the catch for me when I knew it was time to do something different do you, you know anybody that's ever been left back in school mm-hmm you know, it's kind of an awkward thing, right? <laughs> so here goes. When you're the engineer in a recording session and, like, everybody's, like, knee-high and snotty and teens, and I was just like, I never wanted to be the old guy in a club, and I feel like it. <laughs> it's time to do something different. Okay. And, you know, I looked at my phone and, you know, people that I knew, and I was like, these conversations that I would have, you know, and it's really great. Like, it started off me helping out my mentors, you know, people that helped me out. I wanted to, in turn, do something for them. And it's interesting because 
learning the etiquette of business and going the intricacies of what it takes to make a successful deal, even this that we're sitting in, takes right. a lot. How do you? What's your connection to Jeremy? Jeremy? Oh well, a lot are you actually. Guys just friends? Are you partners? Like what? Because I know we it's, are. You know, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. We are. put on by you, but we're here. So yeah. it's like, how it's here? Yeah, yeah. We are actually partners. I mean, you know, you look on the flyer. You know, it was one of those things. I mean, he was a warm lead that you know nice. we cultivated. Oddly enough, uh, you know, from nostalgia. I used to work in the studio that his brother ran, actually, you know, in New York, but that's neither here Small nor there. World. Yeah. Okay, so are you the guy that I'm going to if, I, if I'm an artist and I want you to help me with my music or getting me found? Am I coming to you? Are you looking for talent? Is that... Once upon a time, but that's not really where we're at. Okay. The idea is, you know, once again, we interface brands with companies and influencers okay. for situations. So you would have to, like here, perfect example, you have Faded Truth. You know, based on what your profile is and where you're at and, you know, what your reach is, you may want to get into the next thing. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be brand representation, whether it's I honestly think I need a publicist or like someone. Again. Oh, we're bringing one too. As a matter of fact, oh well, yeah, that's yeah. What I mean, I'm interviewing them. I'm yeah. waiting for Nadia and fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's very hard to get your brand out by yourself, mm -hmm. um, especially like when you don't know anything about it. Like oh. I started the podcast without having any knowledge of entertainment, media, editing, everything. And you see, I do everything on my own, like from lights to edit to everything. So for me, even just to like pr constantly promote is my own job. I'm the one that's doing my social media. I'm the one that's doing my Google ads or whatever the fuck. And then and I got on my social your media. Personality. Yeah, I got yeah. on my social media deleted two right. months ago, out of nowhere. Just take damn what Sam and WhatsApp. Like, come on, y'all are fucking my WhatsApp up. Like that's weird. What are you a spy? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, little old me. Like, shit, shit, damn. Guns and titties ain't for everyone, Kevin. I don't know what picture pissed people off, but. <laughs> We're building it back. So, you know, you it's know just what? the journey of Make of your that. tits great again. <laughs> <laughs> Where's <theme>. your hat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. So what, we have these Alhempe Sparkling okay, Tequilas. Okay, so here we go. Do per you know about these? Uh, leads me to my next okay. point. Here we go. A wonderful maker or uh, brand creator or company that created Alhempe we met at uh, South by Southwest, and he wanted his brand furthered. You know, he wants to not be a little guy anymore, but in fact, what he wants to do is be distributed nationwide. Well, we're hanging out in a distributor, distribution house right now. So in essence, here, we'll take it back to music. This could be the music act, and right now we're sitting in the record label. Now we'll take that same model and then we'll go corporate with it. Right. Hey, this guy manufactures a brand of beverage. He wants to get it nationally distributed. I brought him to a distributor. Okay, gotcha. And we have this wonderful event that we're in. So you're a plug, pretty much. I make your wildest dreams come true. <laughs> That's, I get it now, Kev. Yeah. You're the plug. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> and do you smoke weed? No. You don't use cannabis? 
Okay, let's go back to when we met. You know, <laughs> it was a very awkward moment because here we go. At the chamber event and you don't smoke. And I'm like, why are you at a weed event? Probably. Okay, well, here we go. I'm going to tell you why. Because what I do is I look for opportunities. No, yeah, I get it. You know, uh, Robin Hood. I steal from the rich and I give to the poor and I make them rich. You know, so that's basically it. Listen. So what's, cam- your, what's your drink of choice then? Old-fashioned whiskey. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and a deck of cards. <laughs> are you playing, are we playing spades? Like, what are we playing? Let's get it. <laughs> Shit, let's go. Bust I mean, if you got a deck, I'm sure everyone in this motherfucker will be right at this table. Yo. It looked like a spade table, too. All right, bet. Yo. Yo, I'll bust you after the clip. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I got four books. Two All right, po- bet. Two possibles, okay? Nah, you know what? They don't distract me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what we call the bluff. <laughs> Before you know it, it's like you know, a couple of these, I'll be like. Do you know? So I saw him pour it. So he gave you a West Cork Irish whiskey. Yes. And so have you had this before? Once before. So this is through, um, I'm assuming it's through Unforgettable, correct? I think so, yes. I'm going to just put it on here so they can see it. Because I know it's all their own spirits or, you know. It's different ones that I've really never heard of, so mm-hmm. I wanted to like learn a little bit about them. Do you like Irish or bourbon? What do you like? Depends on the season and my mood. What I tend to do is I like the harsher stuff during the winter, and I like well, the yeah. more mellower during the summer. You know, I don't switch it up with seasons. I'm always. I mean, I'm actually, I went back to tequila. I went back to tequila this year. I've been on vodka forever. Oh, so then you ought to love this. So, <laughs> what? No, I don't like, you know what? I don't like club soda. I don't do carbonation. Okay. Unless I'm doing champagne. But I hate club soda. I hate tonic. Lone Ranger. What? You never heard of a Lone Ranger. I mean, I'm a Lone Ranger. I don't know what, what you're talking okay, about. Okay, okay. Watch this, watch this, watch this. All right. Okay, it's... And any bartender watching me will, you know, hey, I'm not a professional bartender, but here it is. It's in a mixer. You get tequila, champagne, lemonade. Add in a vodka. Yeah, that's a lemon drop without champagne. I mean, without tequila. Okay, well, then shit, you've been there so (laughs) fucking, you drink it. Okay. I need to get more tequila, speaking of. Kevin Reynolds, KR. Yes. Kay Reynolds. Yes. Thank you for being here. Hey, no worries. Appreciate it. Hey, pleasure. We're gonna get back to the party. He's got a lot of networking to do. He's the plug. He didn't know he was important. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> All right. Hey. Well, thank you. Dynamite. Say bye to your camera. Later. Peace. <laughs> Bam. Okay. I got. I got. Let me get my introduction ready. Hold on. There you go. Hold on. And go to the notes. Okay. So I had to know how to describe you. Let me say. First of all, welcome back. We're here at the MJ BizCon event for El Hempe Speakeasy, and today I have. NFL and CFL commissioner. I mean, we got the CEO of States Development Football League. We got the Huddle Up Foundation in here. I mean, we got a lot going on, Mr. Garrett Jones. A lot, a lot. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Thank you for being here. Um, 
I'm actually really excited because I don't know shit about sports. There you go. Me neither. And so I was like, you know what? I have to come and correct because I can't come in here like that girl that doesn't know any, like, I don't even know anything about receivers. Trust me. We'll we'll talk for hours and we'll never talk about sports. Okay. So I want to start off first with, basically, they introduced you to me as an NFL commissioner. Can you describe what a commissioner does? So... I started my own development of football league after I retired, right? And a commissioner essentially does all of the jobs of everybody in the building. So I'm always working on aspects of furthering the mission, um, growing the brand, pretty much anything that you do in business, a commissioner will be doing that. Are so, you kind of like a plug? Uh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And cheers. What do you, where, where's your drink? Right here. Oh, you didn't open it. That's, that's Let's crack it. You got go. the same one? There I tried go. it earlier. I'm not a big um, soda person, but mm. I do like the, I like to smell it. Because this one's the Kush. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, so born in Arkansas? Yep. Okay. And you're now in Houston? Now in Houston. Okay. What, what made the transition? Uh, I had the most success uh, professionally in, in reference to my, my football career. Okay. Uh, I got a chance to do a lot of things in the city. Um, got a Garrett Jones Day in the city of Houston. Uh, so I had a lot of traction there. So I wanted to come back and really finish what I started in my playing career. Okay. And really get a chance to, to expand my horizons when it came down to business. So that's why we're here today. I mean, Houston, I feel like I have to, like, travel and, and get around. Because I've only been there just to, like, fly. Yeah. Get a layover. Yeah. But I really do want to explore Texas. Because I love countrymen. I feel like they're so nice and, like, Calm. I'm from Absolutely. Jersey, so ain't nobody yeah, calm yeah, over it's, there. It's, it's you know, so big, I like big, I like the yin and yang. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, you oh, go. you know, you seem really nice, you but go. you still got it in you. you but go. you calm about it. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be. <laughs> so I feel like I need to explore the Houston city. You would love it. You love it. What's like the one thing I gotta do if I go to Houston? Ooh, one thing you gotta do. I would say, and this is just for me. Everybody's different. Um, just explore downtown because they're kind of revitalizing it. Uh, and it's a lot to do when it comes down to sports. So, like, the Astros just won the World Series. Um, you got the, the Dynamo, which is your soccer team. Of course, you got the Texans. Uh, I think just from a standpoint of sports in general, um, that's probably one of the things you want to do. Okay. Because you got – and there's plenty of places to eat. If you, you're well, I'm a foodie, so, like – Oh, yeah, so you want to you just Right, grub. like, where am I eating at? You want to grow up. Man. <laughs> Ooh, that's it's just too many places. I mean, you can pretty much find What's, something. What are they known for? Well, Houston is very eclectic, so it's like a melting pot of so many different nationalities and people. So I got I got to give you the PC version. Otherwise, I'll just say you can go to Mickey's, you can go to Breakfast Club. Okay. I'll send you to some soul food spots. So right, that's what I'm saying. I yeah, you go, there you go. Food. Okay. Yeah, you can go to the Breakfast Club. You get it. So I was reading on one of your things that you said your biggest accomplishment was you being drafted to the NFL as a free agent. So for me, I think the biggest accomplishment was getting to the NFL. So I was undrafted, right? I didn't go through the draft. I didn't have a senior season of college ball. So I had to chase scouts across the country. So while my class was playing, I was out of school. So I had left. Just I took the long road, but we ended up making it. So now I'm in a position to kind of leverage all of those things I did on the field. So that was really big for me because less than 1% of all athletes make it to the NFL, and I did. Okay. Yeah. And you were um, your position? Offensive tackle. Offensive tackle. Okay. In yeah. yeah. CFL? Yep. CFL, Canadian Football League. Mm-hmm. So I did a six years there. I actually started my professional career there. Um, but I did six years in the CFL, another six in the NFL, and I did the IFL for another two. So okay. 13, 14 years in all. 
So I know you said something about like life after sports. Yeah. That was really hard to adapt to. Well, for me, it wasn't because I've always been an entrepreneur. I always, um, I was always thinking about other things other than sports. But for a lot of guys, it's hard for them to make that transition because that's all they know. Because ever since you was young, you went through these different levels. And you're like disciplined to do certain yeah, things. Yeah, and, and you. It's do you think structured. that's why you still do things within sports? Because it's like it feels like home for you. Oh, you always want to be connected. It's a passion. Yeah, yeah. you always want to be connected, and, and that's where we are right now today with uh, uh, my, my cannabis company, CBD. Uh, we wanted to be able to tap into that market of the former professional athletes uh, and, and give them some relief. What's the name of the CBD company? Active Action. Okay, Active I didn't see action. that one on the Wikipedia. Premium CBD <laughs> products. Okay. Yeah. So we, we're, we're a Because I'm a plants over pills girl. Oh, you know, we're faded truth. Go, so you I go. believe in Absolutely. I believe in healing through natural things. Mm -hmm. And I believe in like using your medicine when you need it. There you go. Knowing how to use discernment right. with it. There you go. You know, because we're not just like fucking potheads. Like I go. smoke a blunt and I go to the gym. I smoke a blunt and I go do work. I have meetings. Like, there I'm you a, go. You know what I mean? Like, it's, that's really what, I, what it is. Right. Absolutely. So I want to go into the, you're also on the advisory board for Impact Sports, mm -hmm. which develops concussion-reducing helmets for athletes. Yeah, yeah. So one of my first, inter actually I think my first interview I did on YouTube two years ago was mm -hmm. David Irving. Okay. And that's when I kind of learned about the whole plants right. over pills thing and the controversy right. and all right. that. But we actually talked a lot about CTE as well. Yeah. And so I know that's a really big thing because, you know, he was saying, hey, you guys are literally shooting me up with shit, we're getting Absolutely. fucked up drunk every night, Absolutely. but I can't go and smoke a blunt to make myself feel better. Absolutely. So what's your kind of take on consumption with, um, I don't know, what what are the new rules on consumption with um, football or the uh, players, and then how does that carry over into how you guys kind of are avoiding the CTE with the helmets? So for your for your professional athletes, sort of the quality of life diminishes really quickly when you're done. Um, I have guys I've played with that were very lively, vibrant when we played, but now you catch up with them now, it's like, it's night and day. Yeah. Um, so when you're done, and I, and I joke about it, so professional sports and sports in general, they, it, it ages you in dog years, you know, mm. so it's like you're, you're just getting older and older and older because of the wear and tear you put on your body. Yeah. Now it's entertainment, you know, we're making a good living, but I think for what we go through and how it works on your quality of life after the game, um, there's a lot that needs to be done. Uh, so a lot of guys are just trying to find some type of relief. Um, so you kind of get into the medicinal aspect of you know your marijuana and, and your CBD and all those different things. So that's what we wanted to be able to infuse with what we're doing with Active is um, we want to be able to give them some type of relief just from the joints, uh, right. you know, as far as your body, as far as your overall, the way you feel. Um, and, and that's our deal, just making sure that that's set up. But the NFL is kind of slow to go. Um, MLB do you, think, is do you think that they have they openly admitted to like it fucking up people at some point? They'll never do that. Okay. They'll never. Yeah. Do that. That's that's okay. So yeah. the helmets that are being made, yeah. concussion reducing. What are right. they doing to reduce that? Um, it's it's about uh, I think the impact. Um, being an offensive lineman, you're getting. Uh, you're the one that's like in the front, and I'm you're in like, the front. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm right? there, I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> so you're getting in contact whether you want it or not. Okay. And it's unfortunate because that's where a lot of your impact and everything that comes along with concussions. 
I tell people all the time, you're going to get the most damage in practice because you're constantly running the same yeah. plays over and over again. The game is easy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand that, but the practice is where... And that's constant before the game. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it is. So with us, what we wanted to do is just put together a helmet that was really outside of the box. Um, you can't prevent concussions, um, but you can you can diminish a lot of the effects. Right. So we wanted to just have it to where our, our helmets are light, uh, so light that the youngsters can wear them. Because you know, like nine times out of ten, when you have the kids, they got the big helmets, right? And they're falling they're like all over. over. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to just do away with that all together, and, and set it up to where everybody was a lot better than what it is today. Okay. And, are these and, and, and out affordable. now, or are they being made? Um, we're working on them still, okay. so we're taking our time. Do you personally feel like that you have some type of, um, I guess, long-term effect from playing? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. what's your thing that you recognize? Um, so, for me, in business, I'm always thinking about numbers. I'm always thinking about just everything that goes on. And I do that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Just try to keep myself sharp. Right. Um, but on days when I slow down, um, I forget a lot. Uh, if I slow down, I'm like a shark. I'll, right. you know, I'll die. So my kids finish my sentences a lot when I get to that point, when I really slow down. So I'm always constantly moving because I understand once I do slow down, it'll be a, a drop off. So okay. for me, that's kind of the deal. You know, your constant headaches like a dull, numb, pain, I have it all the time. Okay. But we learned how to live with that pain and that's a part of our everyday. Well, you're conditioned. That yeah, way. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So do you have a favorite way that you use cannabis? Oh, for me, I think with just our topicals, man, um, I enjoy the fact that I can put it on, I can actually feel it. Yeah. You know, a lot I of times. I put it on my knee a lot. Yeah. But with us, you know, we're anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 milligrams. Shit. In reference to CBD and THC. Yeah, because I don't think the same one that works on yeah, the Yeah, nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, exactly. So, so that's the thing. It has to be strong enough because being a professional athlete, you're in tune with your body. So you could, you know when something's wrong. Um, so I think for when we started this deal and I got the samples and I went through them and I was able to really be the, I won't say guinea pig, but I was a guinea pig. And for me to feel some type of relief from different things that I've had, like yeah. from head to toe, you name it, I got it. And then when you feel it, you want to share it with people, right? There you That's go. That's the beauty of it. There you go. Yep. There you go. Well, thank you for being here, Gary. Absolutely. I appreciate no, I appreciate it. It's appreciate you for real. having me. Cheers. Once again. Anything else you want to add? I have the best team in the world in active action. Um, we have some of the best products, and we're coming 2023. Get back to the party. Uh, I know they're go. waiting on you. I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you. What you drinking in your cup? Tequila. You ain't got no more of that? Yeah, it's in here. Please. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to drink that. Oh, I'm yeah, I have good. an empty cup oh. here. Perfect. Gracias. Sip. Yes, ma'am. Kato already dropping velvet. I mean, velvet. Dropping velvet. Tequila on the velvet. Tequila on the velvet. Oh, Lord. I must be special. Yay. He's special. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back, y'all. We at MJ BizCon. We at El Hempe Speak Easy. Powered by Contacts and Pemberton Distribution, Unforgettable Wine and Spirits. We are over here in the podcast area. Yeah, yeah. I got my very special guest, Mr. Andre Cato. What's happening, y'all? Also known as CEO and founder of Living Out My Dreams Entertainment and A&R and brand development of Teddy Riley Music. 
just to start. Yeah. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Cheers. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. <laughs> so, mm. how do you like that? That's smooth as eggs. Right? Yeah. That was called the Elias. The Elias? The Elias. I might need some more of that before this yeah, is over. This thing is nice. I'm, a, I'm a, like a repo girl. Oh, like yeah. Repo, repo yeah. So he told me this one was better than Don Julio. I was like, all right. And it I is. ain't gonna lie. I, it, it's almost it there. I think it is, yeah, <laughs> for real. Because I definitely get that big, tall brown bottle of that Julio. But this right here, this is nice. So we have CEO and founder of Living Out My Dreams Entertainment. Yes, ma'am. And one of your things that you say is you're never given a dream without the power to make it happen. Exactly. And I felt like that was really powerful because my girl had told me one time when I was kind of down on myself starting the podcast and I was like, I don't really know, you know, yeah. if people want to like support me and like, I don't know if I want to do this. And she's like, bitch, if you had the vision right. and you had this dream, there was a reason that it came to you, right? Right. So are you going to make it happen? Like, yes or no? Yes. So is that how it came? Like, how did that come to you? How did you get it's it? It's been a dream. It's been a dream for a long time. Like, I was fortunate enough to grow up in the music business. I had a lot of relatives that did their thing in the music industry, you know, and they were pretty big. But growing up in New York and Hollis, Queens in the 80s, the whole hood is, you know, we're overwhelmed with a whole bunch of music. You know, we got Run DMC from there. We're three blocks away from each other. So you're seeing them constantly riding through LL Cool J from there. You got uh, Coco from SWVs over there. Like, all of these people was doing music the whole time that I was a kid to the points where they blew up and most of them was already blown when I was a kid. So we seen it every day. It was them or the dope boys. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, y'all are gonna be either or. You know, and the music is what really controlled me. I loved music. I went through was every Was it like phase. an outlet, kinda? Yeah, okay. it definitely was an outlet. You know what I'm saying? Cause, uh, you know, we had a lot of crazy stuff that was happening. Like you got friends that's getting killed early yeah. ages, all this different kind of stuff that traumatized you when you were a kid, but we didn't really have too much room for traumatizing because we was venting through music and we was writing right. songs about this stuff back then. You know, we was on that conscious stuff and everything else, you know? So if the music was a big outlet, you know what I'm saying? And I love the reactions. So I have to bring it back to Teddy Riley because I actually mm -hmm. had to Google him because I'm going to be 33 next next week. Oh, that's what's Okay, I'm a Sag. Happy 33. Sag. Yeah. But, um, like, Teddy Riley was basically the guy that created Black Street. Yeah. Right? That's one. And then, so when you say that you're the A&R, which is artists and repertoire. Exactly. That's the Teddy Riley Music Group. Uh -huh. So you're kind of overseeing getting artists and things like that? Or? Well, I'm overseeing projects that he's taking on right now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? As far as bringing in artists right this second, we're not bringing in artists like that right this second, but he has albums that he's working on. So in the development and creation of those those songs and those projects, I'm assisting in those okay. right now. Yeah. Okay. But soon we're going to start bringing in artists again. So yeah. are you in Vegas? Do yes. you live here? Yes. How long have you been here? Been, I've lived here since June. Oh, you're fresh. I'm fresh. Okay, welcome Super to the fresh. desert. Thank Shit. you. This is a cold desert. Oof. <laughs> I'm telling you, look, I got the, that's why I got the velvet suit on. Like, you don't know how to act. You don't even know how to dress because in the day I'd be good up here, but yeah. at night I need all this down here. Okay. You know, like they stay good. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you miss most after being here for like literally less than a year? Well, what do you miss, miss most, most about, about New York? About New York? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing. I ain't gonna food. lie. That I miss the Chinese food. I'm definitely <laughs> miss the Chinese food. And you miss no bread, yeah. no water, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Like New York, man, is like. See, because I'm like Atlantic City area. 
Oh, you so, over there having it, fun, man. Y'all about the water. Y'all got yeah. beaches and stuff. I have fun. We got to go all the way to Long Island for a beach. Right. Like, but then it's like out there, everyone, they don't know how to have fun because they're too angry. Everyone's fighting yeah. each other. And out here, it's like everyone has a great time. They're calm. Right. You know, yeah. so for me, the transition was very hard coming. I've been here five years now. Right. First two years, I was trying to move home every other fucking week. Whoa. I hated it. And then I, you know, I just like, I was like, I know there's something for me here because it's not there. Right. So I kind of stuck through it. Yeah. But I go home and it's just like immense love. I eat for fucking seven days, yeah. party, have a great time, that's you know, and then I come back and do my home. business. Yeah, that's what you do at home. I like Vegas, but I'm, I ain't going to lie. Vegas for me is cool, but it's like I move a little different. You know what I'm saying? Vegas mm -hmm. has its own motion out here. And, uh, That's you why get it was hard for me to network. Yeah, it like, is. It's it's really hard for me to come out and do things because I'm like, yeah. all right, I I kind of like put a predisposition on it. Like right. these people are gonna be weird as fuck. Yeah. They're not gonna know. They're gonna just like be fake. And like I'm trying to just talk. Yeah. You know, I'm like, just tell me what it is. Like I don't give a fuck. Exactly. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. You don't have to. You don't have to act like anything. <laughs> like just, just be normal. You yeah, know. Yeah, you're a city girl. But I found my tribe out here, and most of them are from East Coast. Right. But you know, it's like everyone leaves to find that opportunity. So it seems like you're from the East Coast. You attract East Coasters out mm -hmm. here. Because you, you attract what you are. A lot of much. East Coast people. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So do you? You smoke? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite yes. way to use cannabis? I smoke it. Rolling, loaded, smoke, yes. flower, flower, power. I'm with it. All right, what are you smoking on? When right now? It's like typically, what are you smoking? Oh my goodness! You have a certain terpene that you like. Are you in like a weed nerd in it or what? Uh, first of all, I'm a sativa dude. Same. And then, like right now, my my favorite thing really is just like all of them candy type flavors. You know, hybrids, I like hybrids, but hybrids, sometimes they knock me out. I don't like to go to sleep. Me either. You know, I, yeah, I like I'm to, functional. Yeah, That's why I, like I said, I'm a smoke and go do things. Yeah, exactly. Right? I don't want to be stuck on the couch, yeah. not wanting to associate with people. Not, not at all. <laughs> like, that's not for me. <laughs> no, no. I'm definitely big, though, on that. I got a, that sativa. And I like them candy flavors. So, I think you would like terpinaline because it's really fruity. It's oh, a yeah? terpene, but it's in a lot of sativas, but it's like a, it's got a fruity, like, note to it. Right. I want some of that. <laughs> I got a blunt. I'm waiting. We got a blunt. We're going to go smoke. I'm going to get some of that. Please believe it. <clears throat> okay. So, as a creative, you've been doing it since you were super young. Super young. What is, like, a big obstacle that you had to overcome being a creative? Because I don't think a lot of people that aren't a creative realize the mental mm -hmm. that what goes on in your mind 24 7 one yeah. but then also how you're incorporating that into business into relationships into everything else because not everyone thinks like you right so is there something that sticks out yeah like my biggest thing uh that i had to get used to and get adapted to is nothing is ever good enough as a creative you never satisfied mm -hmm. period and I had to get used to that feeling because I used to get me frustrated because I always feel like, all right, this is not right. But everybody else would be warmed up to it. Right. And I still be like, no, it's something wrong. It's something wrong. It ain't that. And, you know, that was one of the things I had to learn to get over was to trust myself and trust my process. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, um, that was a long fight. Like, I still catch myself doing that right now. Yeah. You know, nothing is ever good enough. I like that, though, because I always say trust the process. You got to right. give yourself grace. Because I think also as like entrepreneurs and creatives, you're very hard on yourself. Right. And when things don't go the way you want. Right. Or when it happens, it's like, it's not that big 
epitome of what you thought it like you yeah. don't have that feeling that you thought you're more obsessed with getting there than you are being there right exactly yeah. like I just what I love the most about everything that I do in the business especially doing like more of the back end stuff because I used to be an artist so you know at first I was worried about being out front doing the back. I, it was cool but I loved being behind the scenes actually creating everything right from creating the product creating the image of the product to creating the deal you know and I love those steps way more than I like being actually the person on the stage or in the video you know I thought I liked that but no nah, I like to get I like to get the product right. I like to make it what it's supposed to be, and I love seeing the people's reaction and their acceptance right. to this thing after we get it done. You know. Nice. So, I mean, we're about to be in 2023. Yeah. Any anything planned? Like, what's? Oh man, I got. I know a few there's things playing. Yeah, it's a lot of things going on. Like, uh, <clears throat> as you met Garrick Jones, um, I have a partnership with him with a platform we have called Fan Centric. Um, Okay, yeah. that's the crypto sports enthusiast yeah, thing? Yes, okay. I'm a partner with that. And through the crypto entertainment and the sports, everything that we're doing, we're combining them through this platform. Mm -hmm. And so we got things coming up like in the metaverse and all of this and that. We got shows <laughs> I just want to make an NFT of Faded Truth. Yeah, oh, like, you, I need, you, I need you to are be, NFT. I, yeah, need I need to be are. in the metaverse. And yeah, I did a little bit of crypto. Have to get back into it. It was beyond my mental capacity. Yeah. I tried because I'm like, oh, I can make money. Anything I can make money, I try. Right. But if I'm not like, if I can't understand well, it, it's hard it. for me. It ain't hard for you. I can tell you a giant already. I am, but like that whole, I tried. It was, I did a lot, and I got to go back to it. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna get back to it. We gonna get you back yeah. to it. Yes, we are. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> did you have a good time for your your what? short little stint? <laughs> this is real good, man. It feel good. You know, I'm around good people. I'm around people that's ready to do things. That motivated. They got Sometimes. things that's in motion. Tri-state, you can't beat it. Anyone yeah, from the tri-state, yeah. I mean, you gotta respect because we gotta, got we to. have a different type of person. Yes. We yeah. People don't believe me. Like, why do you like that? I'm like, I'm from Jersey. What does that mean? I, I don't know. That's we stand out. Is we're aggressive. We're aggressive. And we make we things six. Happen. Yeah. We have drive. We don't call out hungover. Exactly. <laughs> we go to work drunk. Right. Like all these bitches yeah. calling out. I'm like, what are you? What? We nah. used to go to work fucked up. What? Three and, jobs. And snow up to our waist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pouring hot water on my car to get there. Yeah. Fucking y'all. Has one raindrop, y'all don't even know how to Scared. drive. <laughs> Scared. Out here swerving. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, uh, man. All right, I guess we're gonna get back to the party. I really do need like one fucking piece of food. Is there food? Did you eat it yet? I didn't eat. Well, there's gotta be something. There. I'm getting drunk. And then we're gonna eat. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. What up, Tato? And we're back at Hell and Hempe's Speakeasy. I still didn't get no food. I said I need like one bite of food. Is there I any? I haven't even eaten anything. Oh, girl. Okay. <laughs> and right now I got 
Natalie Nadia. It's actually Nadia Natalie. Okay. But What's you know what on? it is? Is that my father decided he wanted to name me some like Anamanapia or something. <laughs> I don't know. But Nadia Natalie is actually my the first part of my name. And I have a byline. I'm a journalist. And so I didn't want I wanted to cover really serious stories. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want my family to be affected by it. So I literally thought about it, I played around with it, and I took my last name off. And then this little Russian lady from Long Island was like, oh, you're Natalie. And so for like a long time, people were just like, you're Nadia Natalie. And I've just gone through so many variations okay, of it. what's your first name? Nadia Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone in LA calls me Nadia, Natalie, and everyone in New York calls me Nadia. Okay. So that's okay. the long story short. Okay, gotcha. I kind of like Nadia. Well, how are you feel comfortable? Okay, so I, I, a couple things about you. We have an award-winning journalist and editor. You're also director of media operations for KF Nova, which we'll get into later. But you're formerly um, an editor and journalist for the Long Island Herald. So you're from New York. From New York. Okay, East Coast. That's what I like. Tri-state. I was just talking about the tri-state because I said we're we're a different breed. Okay, completely. If you're from completely. Jersey, Philly, New York. And don't forget Connecticut because they're kind of special too. Yeah? Okay. I, I throw mean. Connecticut in there because <laughs> they have because I've been getting weed in Connecticut <laughs> no, for like a long time. The weed, yo, the weed in Maine is crazy. <laughs> my favorite weed though was the one I smoked in Burlington, Vermont. Okay. I was with my homeboy and we smoked in his car, we were, and like it's it's scary to smoke in Burlington, Vermont, because mm-hmm. it's like a lot of right. not Latino Stick and black eyes, people. Yeah. And so we're in his car, we're smoking. He's from New York, and nonetheless, like we had so much fun, and the weed was just spectacular. And I have not had that specific high, but I only had it in Vermont. So it's like when people say, why is my high different in L.A. than it is in New York? I mean, it's because, I don't know, I don't know why, but it's just, that's the reality. Why wasn't my high the same as it was in right. Vermont, you know? <laughs> okay, so I just want to start off with, like, how, did you, like, write when you were little? How do you get into journalism and editing? Like, because I know for me, I was really big in English. So, you know what is so funny? Um, I read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn when I was, like, in the second grade. My, I want to remember who exactly, it was it's just a copy showed up and I was a very advanced reader and I made my, um, my godmother read it to me and she found a Spanish version of it, she read it to me and I was very fascinated with the character from Brooklyn who used to tell these lies about her adventures and her teacher would catch her in these lies so I felt like I was the same heroine because I would make up these lies like my dad is stronger than Ten Hulk Hogan's you know and my teacher pulled me to the side similar to the heroine in the book and says you don't need to lie You're, you didn't eat your goldfish for dinner you're not that poor <laughs> you're very creative imagination I'm in the third grade she's like gives me a stack of papers and she's like and every time you want to tell a lie you write it here, and then on this piece of paper, you, you, you write the truth. And she's like, and this is called fiction, because you're not lying, you're just telling stories. And I felt like, oh, I'm not a liar, I'm telling stories. Right. And from the third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, I hit the sixth grade, I have a crush on this cool, cute kid from my fifth grade class. It's like the end of fifth grade, it's 1996. And somebody gave me, at at the end of the school year, this cute little journal. And I remembered reading, and I read that book, by the way, every summer for the last 20 years. Wow. It's my favorite book. Um, And that's when I started writing. I started writing a journal. I wanted to be a writer. Didn't know what that meant. And then 
when I went to college, I dropped out of biology major and went to creative writing and I told my professor, I just don't think I can stand the blood anymore. And went to go write and I've been on a mission to write the story of the ages. I don't know what it is, but everything is writing, 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 writing. And, and I stumbled into journalism looking to find some serious tones to my creativity. I wanted to write about the election. I covered Trump. <laughs> okay, I did. I wrote, a, I, he came to the, the town that I was writing for, and I was front, dead, and center filming him at one of his rallies. That's when I realized I did it. I am covering politics. I'm, I'm a serious writer now. I can be taken for serious. Okay, and then to make a long story short, short story long, I ended up at the Long Island Herald, but I I had started my writing from 2006, hip-hop journalism, and writing about underground rappers that nobody wanted to write about. Mm -hmm. And it became a mission to find out stories that nobody wants to write about. I want to write about the people that is every day. And community journalism did that for me. Because okay. it made stories more real. Right. It wasn't the fluff you saw on TV. It wasn't the talking heads. Mm -hmm. It was... These are real people with real problems, real stories affected by taxes, po politicians, lawsuits, criminal cases, um, civil cases that would come through, and, and not getting involved in any court things is just the, the going, the in and outs of people's lives. And that changes the way that I tell stories. And then I moved to LA at the start of the pandemic, and here I am writing in about a hundred and different ways. And so my writing is journalism, but the stories that I'm creating is now more feature story. That's a long answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's okay. I like it. I like that you want to tell the stories that no one else hears or that no one else tries to tell. Because I know that in one of your things, you said that something that kind of separates you is that um, you tell both sides of the story, right? You're not just telling one side because that's, you know, a lot of people write one-sided. You're telling both sides of the story you're, and you're coming from a neutral standpoint, right? So yeah. that's the difference. Well, you know what? My uh, my mentors from from the little town community journalism to the big New York City experiences, I've done stuff for as a DC correspondent before, didn't get credit. Doesn't matter about the credit, I was there, you know? Right. Because um, that's what it that's what a real writer is. Like you don't you're not worried about your byline. You're worried about making sure that the story has a life, that it touches somehow. And if you walk away mad from something that I wrote, great. I'm happy. You want the emotion. Whatever emotion you have. Yeah. And I realized this very early on that it's not about me. When I teach journalism, I tell my students, you can be the best writer in the world and you can be the most talented, but not everyone's supposed to be a journalist. Not everyone is a poet and not everyone can write scripts. I'm not a script writer. I'm not afraid to say that. Am I learning? Absolutely, I'm learning because I need to know every form of writing that exists for me to be able to master my pen. And I have a saying, if the only legacy I leave in the world is my ink, I hope it changes lives when I'm gone. That is my passion. Have you written a book yet for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been writing like six books for like the last 15 years. Okay. Um, and I have not completed any because I've been writing for the world right now. But I think I'm reaching that point in my writing. Um, I, I just sent out a couple of essays to a couple publications hoping that journals like creative journals 
uh, and literary literary journals I'm hoping to get published in that regard that would be that's a dream that's that's actually the dream but I think that I want to I'm waiting for the right time okay so what brings you to this event specifically so I work for I'm the director of media operations at Camp Nova this is where my pen has taken me. I started writing about you know people in LA who were cannabis users and I wanted to tap into the cannabis culture. As a cannabis smoker from the East Coast, our culture is different. The strands are sound, taste and feel different. Back to that Jada kiss, why is my high different in LA <laughs> from New York? And I'm a big Jada fan. Oh, oh. That's my baby. That's my that's my homie. Like I the love. Box, him. Did you? First of all, why they bring Dipset on that stage? There was no reason for them to be. There was just there was, there no, was no comparison. There was no that's apples to, to oranges. <laughs> you know, like I love both equally. Like I really do. But I have a different vibe when I listen to LOS. I mean, I'd rather hear Styles P any day than whatever. Was any going day, on. anyway. Because we get high, you know. <laughs> anyway, all New York, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you were talking about the Pink Press. So Pink Press comes into play with my partner, uh, Bianca Ramirez. She is the founder and the, um, the vision behind Pink Press Agency. Um, so she and I actually met through Camp Nova. All roads lead back to Camp Nova, if, okay. if I can say, because we, we, we all work together as a team. And uh, Bianca, um, her vision has been to always expand beyond the traditional forms of media. And she has a very visionary approach as to how she wants to be a publicist because she doesn't seem like she's just a publicist. She's a publicist who's embracing her inner journalist. And because she's understanding and has an innate understanding of media and writing and then learning about journalism, she has been able to create press packages that are already completed stories. Mm -hmm. And I think that because she thinks like that, and I'm a journalist, we make a great team. And then when collaborating with Camp Nova, we have created a beautiful, beautiful experience where we're, we're cannabis culture. We go hang out with those people. We share the culture by, you know, everybody wants to be in cannabis and use black and Latino culture mm. and take away from those things. Yep. You know, hip hop started in, in Sedgwick in the Bronx. And if I got the street wrong, I'm a horrible hip hop head. But it started in the Bronx in New York City and it was black and Latinos and a variation of other students from all the different schools, local kids just doing their thing. Mm -hmm. and. It changed the world. Ch Chuck D said it um, several years ago at a conference he spoke to that I was there. He said, hip hop can change the world if the right leaders can be at the forefront. Mm -hmm. And I feel that because I am hip hop, I came from hip hop. I'm, I'm a hip hop journalist that went po political. And you traveled the country, yeah? Yeah, I toured a little bit of everywhere with a variety of different music genres. And I think that because of those experiences, because of hip hop, I can come to cannabis and understand its culture, whether I'm in LA, whether I'm in New York, whether I'm in the rural, rural areas of North Carolina, and I went to college in North Carolina so I can speak on what I know, or if I go to Miami, the, the weed in Miami is something different, like it gets, it's exotic, you find the most exotic strands in Miami, you know what I'm saying? I, those are the places where I've harnessed my inner right. pothead, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, we always need more inclusion in cannabis because, again, everyone's taking the black and Latino culture and saying, oh, I'm going to make money off this, right? Or I'm going to, you know, the entire 
fucking U.S. is based around a lot of culture from even black high and fashion and indi- and indigenous people. Like we're coming up on Thanksgiving, let's talk about that. Yeah, you know so. It's like everyone wants to monetize off of our culture, but then they don't want to give us the credit and they don't want to give us our flowers for it. Right. So that's why we need more women in cannabis. cannabis. We need more Latinas in cannabis. We need more black women in cannabis, whatever it is, because everyone's going to always say yes to the white person, right? And you know, there's someone that I want to shout out for a second. Because she, when I first got into the cannabis space, I got an, an opportunity to, to meet this woman and she's phenomenal. Her name is Larissa Bolivar. And she, she owns her own cannabis operations in her various forms whatever they are I won't get into that but one of the things that I walked away with in meeting Larissa was you have to be strong you have to be bold and you need to speak up for yourself because mm-hmm. she spoke up for me during a time where I couldn't mm-hmm. and the fact that there was this OG she's an OG to me this OG in cannabis and has been through so much she's Native American and Latina and she's fighting for her voice to be heard and to see other women doing the same thing. I've met, you know, the, the, the first speakeasy in L.A. I met the owner and she was amazing. I met one of the first dispensaries w- women own 100 percent in, in, in certain parts of L.A. Like to see women in cannabis is so inspiring because yeah. I have my hands in cannabis and to be able to be Latina. I'm Honduran American. Yes, I just went to Usha Village. Do you know where that is? No, I don't know anything. You know, Dr. Sabi? I don't know anything about Honduras. What do you mean? So, like, my family didn't tell us we were Honduran <gasps> until we were, like, Oh, in my high God. School. You have to try some macanazo, some arguedente. <laughs> I don't even know what that ah! is. I just, I went there this summer. I went to Honduras <laughs> for a week, a healing retreat. Yeah. Um, to Dr. Sabi's Dr. Sabi's Usha Village. Like, literally, wow. like, you're drinking minerals and herbs, and you're in the jungle, and it's, like, it's crazy. But they were, it was a great culture. Oh, my, man. My dad is Nicaragua. So, Centroamerican. So here's the thing I want you to, to know a little bit about my background is I was raised with my Cuban and Puerto Rican. Okay. Like I was in the arms and uh, in, in the kitchens of these families and I feel kinship. Mm-hmm. Um, I have family that is Puerto Rican, so there's a lot of Puerto Rican in our blood in our in our bloodline somewhere along the lane. I have family that is Cuban. I have family. My son is half Mexican. You know, like I feel like I am so blessed mm-hmm. that I have been able to connect with all of these different variations of Latin culture. Right. And 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 though I have to be, I'm very upfront. I have a little bit of a complex about being Honduran American because when you grow up Central American, your parent and you're American, your parents deny you. From being from that country, they're like, "You're not from there. You're from America, and you have to live in this hyphenated American kind that's of thing." The American dream that they wanted, that they came here for, right? But then, what is it doing? Because it's not like they're. It's a disservice to you if yeah. you don't speak your language, right? You should. Someone Do you should speak have fluent. Yes, actually, I have okay. to thank my grandparents, my Cuban grandmother. Uh, I had I had three grandmothers. Okay, I had my Cuban grandmother and my Honduran grandmothers. Like, you know, and my abuela. When I turned 18, she looked at me dead in the face. She's like, you need to learn how to make arroz con habichuela, and you need to learn Spanish. And I had just right. turned 18, and I looked at her Hello. like... Yeah, because my dad didn't try to teach me until I was like, maybe 11. And he was just like slamming the fucking workbooks down and yelling at me. Like, da, 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 da. And I'm like, I don't want to learn, man. Okay. Hello, who's that? Hi. Yeah, go ahead. Come on. Come on in. Say hi. 
No? <laughs> it's like, get me off. <laughs> All right, we're going to get back to the party. So one one thing I wanted to, uh, to address, though, yes, about women in cannabis. Yes. I think that we need to be, women in cannabis do not need to be like other women in other industries. Because we as women, sometimes we get catty, we get competitive. Mm -hmm. And I think that as women, we need to come together put our egos and hang up our cool mm -hmm. and say let's empower each other in a way that we are an unstoppable force because while the the men that dominate the cannabis industry have pushed the industry to where it needs to be okay we give them, we got to give them a little credit okay don't you think i mean just a tad it's just for two a, seconds. I think it's a conditional thing, though, right? Yeah, thank you for saying that. To be competitive against each other, that's just the world in general. But like as women, it's there's not a lot of women that can say, "Oh my God, we're both beautiful, and we can both be beautiful together." Or, hey, we're both hustlers, and we can both build this business together. It's like, no, I got to get more than you, and that's like that's like an ego mentality, right? So I right. think it's all about maturity. I think it's about where you're at in life, because there are a lot of communities out here that it, that are women operated. And they have that women base to where they support each other. And for me, coming into it, it was really weird for me. It was awkward because I'm used to bitches hating me because I'm pretty. They don't even know anything about me, but it's just like they see me and they're like, oh, fuck her. You She's know? conceited. Yeah, like whatever. But like they don't even know anything. So I'm used to coming in with my guard up and then I'm out here meeting people that are just like, they don't care about my looks. They care about my business or what what I can do or like what, what I'm doing in life for people. It's like or How can we collaborate? How can yeah. we create business? How can we create Because you know what? My, one of the things about Camp Nova that I love love is that we embrace every race, every culture, every creed, every gender, every non-binary, like we embrace all of it as a conglomerate between Pink Press and Camp Nova. Yeah. All of us come together because together we can make a fist and we can really knock down a wall. Yeah. If we, if you know what I mean? So that's one. Two, if we embrace each other as women, sorry guys. <laughs> sorry guys. It's over for y'all. It's done. <laughs> Pretty much. Done. Because the women, we, we are nurturers. We mm -hmm. care about, we care. And when we care, we're passionate. And that passion, you can't buy that. You can't bottle that passion. You can't bottle that woman way of doing things in, in a very meticulous and patient way. And it's softer. Right. No matter what kind of woman you are, tomboy, blah, blah, blah. Or if you're a prissy girl or if you're, or, or you're a shy girl. It doesn't matter. You are a woman and you have something that is very empowering about you because you have a woman's touch. Mm -hmm. And that woman's touch, we need to remember that. Because yeah. that's how, that's, that softness is what the world needs right now. You need, you need a mama hug mm -hmm. and I'm a mom so I'm like mama well, you gotta hug. probably hug me because I don't do the hugs but I'll get I'll take them I'll take you know them. what I mean <laughs> like a virtual I'm, hug. I'm working on my femininity okay I'm working on being a little it doesn't, bit a little it, bit more see, nicer and just me too you know because I'm usually I'm you're in New York you know I'm Jersey I'm like whatever bro fuck off <laughs> yeah we have no fucking filter right and then yeah and then they're like I want to date you I'm like yeah you can handle it <laughs> wait till you be my best friend <laughs> She's Jersey. She's is from, that, she's from she the, Patterson. Is she the um the pretty girl with the with the really curly hair? Is she the one you wanted me to come bring on? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, got it. Bianca's okay. not here. Oh, you're talking about Bianca. No, 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 Bianca's not here. But my best, my best. You friend? also have a Bianca. No, she's a Zoe. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait right. me her. She's crazy from Jersey, and then my other best friend. She's from Elias and Puerto Rican. I, I fucking love us tri-state people. We, you bring us all in a group together, first we of all, like, you, can't, you can't hear, you can't hear, <laughs> you can't say shit. All you hear is, hey, hey, shot, 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 sh
thank you so much yes, for having thank me. Thank you for being here. And uh, I would love to uh, collaborate with you. I have a platform that I would love to include you on. Okay. I do a lot of this kind of stuff. And okay. I'm, I would love to figure out ways yeah, we could so do give more. Yeah, give me my stuff yet? I'm going to give you mine. There you go. So stick it in the card. I'm going to take this off of you. You want to say bye? Uh, and you can always catch us on CampNovaOnline.com and Pink Press Agency. Yes. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a knucklehead. All men are. Nope. Nope, you're worse? No, I'm, I'm good these hmm. days. These days. I'm good these days. These days. I'm good these days. All right, and we're back at it. I got Tony Bash, founder and CEO of El Jempe Terpene-Infused Tequila. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks this for having me. This is a wonderful me. surprise. Cheers. Cheers. Chin chin. What you What you drinking? Uh, I don't know. They just poured me something. Oh, okay. You're like, I've I had, just need something. I've had too much El Hempe, so you I, have, for you? I have to go a little light right now. <laughs> Where are you from, Tony? Uh, I live in, in Oregon right now, but we live half time in Maui. Mm. Uh, my father's in the military, so grew up all over the world. Army brat? Yeah, yeah. 27 okay. years. My uh, West Africa, Germany, Italy, Guam. Wow. I speak a little German. I'm ha I'm like half German almost, and I don't know anything about it. Kennst du Deutsch sprechen? Mein Gott, meine schöne Frau, richtig. Yes, my my mom, my great grand, my grandpa was straight off the boat, and he died when my mom was like 14, so I mm -hmm. never got to meet him. But um, that's mostly like I did an ancestry thing, and I think it was wrong. But yeah. I know that my I know that I'm at least. Probably like forty percent German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's great. And people are like, "You're not." No, you're not. I'm like, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> well, imagine a six-five black guy speaking German. People are like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are at the MJ BizCon. It's MJ BizCon week in Vegas, and we're at El Hempe's Speakeasy for the mixer again. And I just want to get right into it because I haven't seen terpene infused soda i guess yet or club soda whatever you want to call it because it's it's basically like sparkling tequila mixed with a terpene so we have og kush we have we have a mixed berry a lemon lime and a hibiscus durban poison yeah the mixed berry I love durban poison. <laughs> the mixed berry and the lemon lime are five percent alcohol by volume the hibiscus durban poison is eight percent alcohol by volume our tequila comes from jalisco uh, Mexico from the Orndine family. It's great tequila. And we did it because all these other what we call ready to drink cocktails are either wine spirits or beer or malt and they don't taste like anything. Right. So that's that's where the the is. I'll came be in. honest, I'm not a carbonation person unless it's like champagne, but other than that I drink like water and alcohol flat. So I never got into like the Trulies, the yeah. bacon. I never did any of it. Yeah. But I have to try this because it's got terpenes in it. And I've been becoming more of a weed nerd since I started the podcast. Yeah. So my favorite terpene is terpinaline. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And I like the enes, like limonene, tinene. Limonene, myrcene, pinene. And, and most people don't know that gin has spruce and some pine in it, right? So this is not a new concept. It's just we're using botanical terpenes that replicate the smell of cannabis. So I'm drinking tequila and terpenes, but it tastes, I don't know, it just tastes like <laughs> I can chug this. <laughs> right? They're, they're, they're so good. And most people always do what you just did. They go, holy shit, what am I drinking? I'm like, S smell that. It smells like the cannabis house. Smell that. Wow. <laughs> 
it smells like OG Kush. I just love the 2022 that we're in. It's like the fact that I live in Vegas and it's so destigmatized makes me so happy yeah. because cannabis has always been. I'm from Jersey and, you know, it's like legal now, but they don't want to build dispensaries. Yeah. But um, I just love that there's so many different ways to like infuse anything. Whoa. People have these ideas that are like, it's just, I love it. Well, thank you. I, I mean, you know, we spend, so I come out of, I'm a food and beverage guy for 35 years. I used to be at the Pepsi-Cola company for a long time, marketing guy. Um, but in the last 10 years, I've been a cannabis guy, right? So we built, <laughs> I, I love that you're doing that. So the inspiration for this came from our cannabis company. We built um, facilities all over uh, the United States. We were packaging food and beverages, right? We were packing, packaging food and beverages in Washington and Oregon and three facilities in California and Michigan. And we were extracting a ton of cannabis. And that process, that supercritical CO2 extraction, would yield these really great terpenes. And nobody was doing anything with terpenes 10 years ago. Right. And I, it, you know, lemon and pineapple and all these great smells, and I'm going, we gotta do something with these. So you can't mix THC with alcohol or spirits, so we figured out with a partner in, in Los Angeles how to create these botanicals that smell just like weed. And we put them on our tequila, and we quite honestly can't keep this stuff on the shelf. Wow, and so you could get this at any al uh, liquor store? Uh, any liquor store, so in, in Vegas, with, with Pemberton, we're killing it. Is there an actual tequila, or it's just the... It's like, a, it's is a, there an actual tequila by itself? Yeah. You so, have a bottle of El Jempe? Like God, there? I love you. This is great. So I never get to talk about all this <laughs> stuff, right? So we have a 750 ml tequila tequila. It's a Blanco tequila. We call it... I have a jacket over there. It's Blanco number three. Okay. And it smells like weed too. <laughs> and it is the smoothest Blanco on the Do face of the planet. Do we have it here in this facility? No, it's. Oh, it's, okay. See, I'm like, I'm like, I know there's more than just this. I'm like, it, where's the root of it? Well, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the the big kicker. So in cannabis states, so this is a this is a spirit that smells like weed, but we also have in cannabis states. We have a margarita product in a 12-ounce can that smells like a margarita, but it's 10 milligrams of THC. Wow, you did the reverse on them. It's the reverse, <laughs> and it's so good. People, people are losing their minds because in Vegas, it's funny, too, because if you look at it in every sort of strip mall, there's a liquor store, there's a dispensary, there's a brothel, and there's a church. There you go. Right? And so we're just putting a, a sign out front going, El Hempe this way, El Hempe this way, and the rest let it fly. Wow. Yeah. So what's your favorite way to use cannabis? I'm a lightweight these days. So uh, edibles. And, and, and if we really want to get into this, we acquired a science company um, everybody talks about nano emulsions and emulsions and nanotech. And if you've ever eaten a, a cannabis product or had a cannabis beverage or something, it's hit and miss. It may take, mm -hmm. you know. That's why I don't really do edibles because <laughs> I've been fucked up to the point where I couldn't even bartend. Like, I thought I took them at the nightclub. I used to like get them heavy and I got a new dose, a yeah. new batch yeah. shipped from California before they started taking out the gummy worms and all the other things yeah. you want to keep your kids from. And 
I took like 50 milligram pieces instead of 10s. I took three of those. I was flying. Done. Behind the bar. Couldn't even, it was like Charlie Brown. Done. Fucked up. I was like, I have to get fired today. There's no way. Because if my boss comes over, I have to tell him yeah. I'm, I'm literally Zooming. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, we, <laughs> so when we had the cannabis company, which ended up, we ended up selling for a boatload, we, we would have customers come in and instead of feeding them, we'd let them taste stuff, but we always made non-cannabis products or non-medicated products. So we thought, there was one time I had all these New York bankers in and we're sitting around the table and they're going, this is the greatest place. And we took them on a tour and everybody's eating this taffy that we made. Well, they were 50 milligram pieces of taffy and people mm. were just mowing on this, this taffy. <laughs> these bankers are high as fuck and gone. Like gone. <laughs> at, at one point, you know, when you know you're stunned, like I go, oh man, I'm really fucked up. Yeah. And everybody had to get up from the table and, and just stop the conversation. At the same time. <laughs> we're all like, we're going to exit. <laughs> so the, the, the interesting thing for us, and I appreciate being here. Thank you very much. Yes, thank I'm you. I'm really very fortunate. This has been such a fun project for us because in every state, cannabis is a thing, right? And if you don't use cannabis, uh, people are cannabis curious. Mm-hmm. Women are using cannabis more now than ever, but not everybody wants to smoke. Right. So we started creating this 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 group of products that everybody can enjoy and take advantage of. Well, that's yeah, the, the breaking the stigma. Yeah. Because I said, like I said, if Coke smelled, then there would be a lot more stigma around Coke, right? Exactly. But I light my blunt, and you look at me like I'm crazy. But you're over here shoot fucking do whatever yeah right and it's like to each their own but don't fucking don't make me feel bad about my medicine that's exactly right you know what i mean Be- just because it has a scent or whatever so that's why i think it's susceptible for people to do those things like edibles tastings things like that because they don't feel stigmatized they don't feel like they're going to feel bad about it after they consume it man i i, I enjoy this conversation a ton and really appreciate you because one of the things we are trying to do is if you look, you mentioned all the other beverages, we won't say them on this podcast, but there's other beverages out there that are made from malt and from uh, neutral-based wine spirit. And and every commercial you see is the beach ball Mm -hmm. and everybody's (laughs) in the summer and there's sorority people and fraternity people. We're a little darker. We're a little darker. Right. I mean, we're black-owned company, <laughs> and and we're LGBTQ. We're gay. We're straight. We're Hispanic. My CMO Efrain, uh, he and I have been working together forever and ever and ever. This is a beverage that's really for everybody, right? And it takes the stigma out of some of this crap about cannabis and spirits. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, so you go to the places that aren't even cannabis-oriented. And people are going, oh my God, this tastes so good. I love it, right? So I appreciate you bringing that up. That's really important to us. Yeah, so what's anything for 2023 specific that you're doing with the company? Yeah, so we are, we just, we've raised about a million six bucks just to get us to where we are. We're gonna, we're, our consumers love this brand so much that they were going, well, how do I, how do I participate? So we're doing a little crowdfund with Start Engine, right? So that'll come out here shortly. But we're launching some new SKUs, some new flavors, which, okay. you, which you might like. We're doing a blood orange. Okay. So our blood orange strained weed. We're doing a tropical cookies with cookie strain weed. 
we're doing the 750ml Blanco, and we're doing a sparkling mezcal for Ooh. Europe and Mexico. I still haven't been able to get to mezcal. It's too smoky it's for me. It's too smoky for me, too. But um, what they, he asked me drinking the Elias, I think, Repo. Mm-hmm. I oh, know, it's good. Is it good? It is good, yeah. So we're going to put a little sparkling seltzer in there and a little tiny sweetness. And the European market is all about... <laughs> I might, need a, I might need an hors d'oeuvre. An hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> we did a hors d'oeuvre. So tell me about this podcast. I, I was so fortunate to walk in tonight. Oh, yeah. Let me, let's end, and then I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. oh, see, I'm, I'm trying to turn into the interviewer. Right. No, we got we to. Shut we, down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tony Bash. Do you have a nickname? I feel like you do. Yeah, my friends, some of my old friends call me Toast. Toast? Yeah. Why? He was always toasted? No, there was... Tony, then it became Toaster, then it became Toaster, then it became Toast. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you can call me Toast. <laughs> All right. Well, we toasted anyway. I'm yeah. ready to smoke. You ready to smoke? Yes. Okay. 100%. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Anyway, we're back. Today I got Emery and Marvin with Camp Nova today. You just saw me talking to Nadia, and she talked a little bit about it, but I wanted to get more into it. Um, I know Bianca missed her flight, so I did have some questions regarding what like, actually Camp Nova was, because all I kind of got from it was it's a good, a best celebrity weed brands delivered to your door, also somehow crossed with NFTs. So please kind of let me know what's going on. I'm gonna let Emery start up. <laughs> okay, and, and I'm gonna talk a little loud because I got the <laughs> microphone to the left, the mic times one, check one, okay. check two. Okay, <laughs> so Cam Nova is a combination of Uber Eats meets Fashion Nova meets Amazon. Fashion Nova, all, right here, baby. All combined into one. An order comes in to Cam Nova. It gets pushed over to one of our retail partners, whether it's delivery or dispensary. So you can get it delivered or you can do curbside pickup or you can go into the facility and get it picked up from there. And then we have partners, high profile celebrity brands and high profile cannabis brands that are successful, right? Is it any state you're getting delivery to? So That's currently legal. we started out in California. We're moving across the U.S. into multiple states like Oklahoma, New Jersey, Jersey. New York, Jersey. Yep. and also Arizona, most multiple places. So we started in California. We proved our business model ourselves by setting up our own licensed delivery service that we've delivered throughout the state of California. And Marvin ran the operations of that. So the order comes in, it gets pushed over to our delivery partner, and then that partner delivers, whether it's an infused drink, an infused cannabis product, or something like this, an infused pre-roll. Who says this? This is Dog Talk. That's one of our in-house brands. This isn't, right. this isn't related to Snoop Dogg? No. That's okay. not Snoop Dogg. That's Cam Nova's dog talk. Okay. Because yeah. I was looking at the list of people that, like celebrities that have brands, and yeah. I didn't realize that so many celebrities have a type of weed. Because well, I'm trying to make a faded truth kush type of thing, you know, for the podcast. Like, I need my own strain. You need your own strain? Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. But I'm a sativa person, so I like, I, I love terpenaline. Like, that's my shit. I like pinene, limonene, things mm -hmm. like that. Okay, so. first of all, women. 
Okay. Love sativa. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a there's a heightened success of women buying uh, regular flowered uh, pre rolls and infused pre rolls of sativa brands because women want to smoke early in the morning and they want to get the day off with energy. Right. And that's been very successful coming out of the COVID. Right. Yeah. So Marvin. Yes. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Available. I mean, yeah. So, okay. So with Camp Nova, we're delivering great quality to doorsteps. Yes. How do you guys get into the cannabis industry, like just in general? Like what wow. was the catalyst for you? So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take this long story and I'll just shrink it all the way down to something really, really short. But the, the name Camp Nova is a derivative of another company that we own and that is called Camp Green. Okay, Camp Green originated, my, my background has been in renewable energy, you know, solar and all kinds of other things like that. So years ago, we, we have a ranch. I started a camp for kids and it was called Camp Green. And so during the summer, kids would come and they would learn about renewable energy. <laughs> and then, you know, we got so busy doing all kinds of other things in life, we sort of stopped doing it. But the facility was actually named Camp Green, right? That's what it was, right? So we kind of were just kind of thinking about what we could do after we kind of settled down on, you know, the kids part. And then this guy came to me during one of the summers and he says, hey, Marv, you know what? I got some guys who grow and they grow cannabis and I want them to grow on your property. Is that okay? And I'm like, dude, is that even legal? Like, I mean, <laughs> this is back in like 2016, right? In California. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not sure that I want to do that. He was like, no, no, no. It's fully legal. Everything's good. So on and so forth. I was like, okay. I said, well, well, how much are they going to pay me? And he told me, he's like, oh, no, no, they'll, they'll just need to use your land for about four months and, you know, it'll, it'll be fast. And I'm like, what, what, what's the number? And he said, 80 grand for four months. I'm like, done. <laughs> you're going to pay me 40 grand to use one piece of a right. property, not the whole thing. And you're going to pay me 80 grand. I was like, okay, uh, we're in the cannabis business, right? So that's where we originally sort of went into the cannabis space. Now, that's, that's sort of the physical side of it. All right, but Emory and I have worked together with our mobile device. I'll let him tell you a little bit more about that. And so when we got into that side of it, we then, as we were going over different ideas, thinking about brands that we could build, we kind of came up with this idea, and I'm gonna switch this over to Emory to let you tell you about Camp Nova, <laughs> the final piece, how we merged it into that. Okay, I'm gonna so, switch this so then. We, we, take, we take Camp Nova, and it's all about culture and brand building for us. We knew that at the beginning when Marvin got licensed on his ranch in Gwenda, California. And by the way, we, we want to invite everybody out there to enjoy Gwenda. Gwenda? Where's that? Gwenda, California is in Northern California in a place called Yolo County. Stop. Yolo County, yes. <laughs> Yolo County. You only Yolo. live once. Yes. yes. Okay. Marv, I, get, I actually how, get, how, get how my weed property? from a farm in North Carolina. It's on the water, right? And and it's it's perfectly set up for camping and all that other kinds of wonderful stuff, fishing, all of it. And it, it's a perfect little piece of property there. So that's where Yeah. So so when we started there, we knew that cannabis, like any other pro product that's grown and farmed, will become a commodity. 
So you got to start building brands from there. So you build your brand from a technology perspective, you build your brand from a product perspective, and you build your brand from partnerships perspective. We've done all three. Now, Camnova being a combination of Uber Eats meets Amazon meets Fashion Nova is social commerce. You go on the page and you see video, you see audio, you see products, and you see our partnerships with high profile celebrities, and you also see products with other brands that are very successful in the cannabis space. So we partner with them and then we bring it out to the delivery service. And then during COVID, it exploded because nobody was going anywhere and they wanted cannabis delivered to their house. So what happened is folks started seeing what we're doing across the US from California and inquiring on our business. So we started building out that because we know how to build products from seed to sell. Mm -hmm. And that works in every state. And that's kind of how we built Cam Nova to be able to provide these opportunities for celebrities, influencers, and even folks that just want to create a cool brand. Right. And like yourself, you got a following, we should create some type of brand, whether it's an edible, whether it's a weed product, whether it's a it. drink, and let's go. I like go. flour. I like flour. flour. So I actually, this year, um, I switched to hemp wraps okay. because I decided that because I'm going to be the grandma on Friday in my rocking chair, I yep. can't just be like fucking smoking blunts. I'm from Jersey. We smoke Dutches and blunts our whole life, right? So when I moved to the West Coast, I was smoking white owls, like just random ass shit because like yeah. it dries up yeah. out here. Yeah. So now I switched to hemp wraps because I'm like, all right, at least it rolls like, I feel like I'm still rolling a blunt kind of. Absolutely. You know, and I can still, but I still can't do joints. I'm way too aggressive and I can't do like edibles and things like that. Like I just like my flower. I love the art, you know, like breaking it up, smoking it, just hitting it. Like I just love it. So, so it, that, that's you. Is that your favorite ways to use cannabis? Like what's your go-to okay my favorite way right now to use cannabis is I'm into edibles okay right now I like chocolates I like gummies I like different <laughs> versions and there's different variety of edibles there's edibles that are done from hemp derived products like the L hemp drink product mm -hmm. where you can get that contact and get that feeling. That's why some of these products that have grown across the US and in, in states that are not legal have blown up because they can get that feeling of having that, mm, that warm feeling inside their body, you know what I'm saying? And it's from a hemp derived product, it's a Delta 9 or a Delta 8. Then you got the THC products that we carry on our menus, edible products like a, like a Kana, or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's a gummy. You right. know what I'm saying? And then you got flower products. Of course, I was introduced into this space by my uncles and cousins and, you know, my mama smoking Thai stick or smoking pre-rolls or rolling, whatever, you know, in L.A. and Central California and all of that type of stuff. So I was introduced to cannabis that way. Mm -hmm. But right now, I love taking an edible, relaxing and chilling what and getting me creative. I'm a low milligram person. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I need a 10 and I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah, like, 10, I, 10, 10 milligrams. Because I got cool fucked up all the edibles and I'm like, this is too much. I don't want to be that fucked up. Like, I like to be functional. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. So. Edibles can be really, they can hold on to you for a, for a while. 100 to 500 <laughs> milligrams. Oh, yeah. You, you can be high for two days. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, that is, you know what, for people who, especially I've seen people in the media, like, hey, I'm gonna do a little study and I'm gonna try it because, you know, so-and-so does it. And so, and then they say, I'm gonna start with like a cookie and they go and they eat a cookie and it's a regular chocolate chip cookie to them. And it's hella good, so they eat another one. That's why I can't do it. Okay. Why are you gonna give me a point that, five that's like, 
this big, yeah. and like it's like a third of the cookie. Like I'm hungry still. Okay. So by the time they finish with those three cookies, you're right. About an hour later, you're like, oh shit, they faded. You are faded. That's what we are. Faded truth. That's what I say. But look, there's another part of this too. I think that the part that's coming online is the therapeutic side, right? Because we, we have a product that we got from a, a company in Southern California. We started marketing. They, they haven't done a great job of marketing themselves. But I've got to tell you, it's pain reliever, right? And when people use that product, all kinds of pain in their back and their hands and whatever it is, gone. Mm -hmm. Some of that stuff is far more dynamic and a whole lot safer than a lot of the stuff you're going to go and buy on the shelf. Well, I'm a plants over pills girl, so a lot of 100%. my business is, you know, how to heal yourself without using pharmaceuticals, <coughs> or how to bless you, how to like get yourself off of those things using plant-based things. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, because a lot of us are conditioned, especially like our parents and the way we grew up. It's like you're supposed to take your heart pill, you're supposed to take this pill, you're supposed to take that, but it's like it's not. It's killing your liver while it, you're taking. It's doing all, all that. Yeah, it's it's extending you on one side and it's killing you on the other. Right. And ultimately, it's going to be bad for mm -hmm. you. See, look. We have just begun to explore the cannabinoids in this product. Like we, we haven't even scratched the surface. Right. Cannabis for the most part, broadly speaking, it's a miracle drug. It's a miracle plant. It is. Right? Like you have people who work for pharmaceutical companies, and I don't know if you know that this is part of the way that they do discovery of drugs. They send a team to Brazil and you know the Amazon. And they go back and catalog all kinds of plants. And they take those plants and people try those plants to see what happens, right? So remember, pharmaceuticals is basically the replication of what your body would do naturally, artificially, right? You can patent these elements. Mm -hmm. Your body will do this naturally. If we can patent these elements, then we can get it to either overproduce in these areas or underproduce whatever we're trying to do but your body is doing most of those things naturally and the food that you're eating right. herbs that you're taking it's all these kinds of things and they're just trying to reproduce them so they can patent them right and mm -hmm. then then control them and give it to you yeah so cannabis is a product that once you really understand it you've done the science on it now all of a that's sudden, why it's getting, it's getting crazy because it's like you know, they say Pfizer is now going to be involved in cannabis and all these 100%. things, right? They're and, all coming. And so, for me, that's why it's really important for me to now either go to the plug that I trust, yep. or I get my um, shout out to Sierra Family Farms in North California. They're like a small family farm, but they do all outdoor, sun-grown, and they're very terpene specific. They have a, you know, it's really nice, but. I like knowing that my weed isn't fucking sprayed with pesticides or fucking whatever else you want to put in my body to fuck me up, you know, yeah. because I want to be smoking weed for the rest of my life. Right. So I don't want to have to worry about now that I have to worry about chemicals, additives in my fucking weed. Like, yeah. we never had to worry about that. I mean, I'm a lot younger than y'all, but like in your day, you never had to worry about it. Yeah. In my day, I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, but no, now 30 years later, it's like, you got you to gotta know, you might be smoking some lace shit and you're just hitting a blunt, right. you know? So it, it gets getting crazy. The, um... You know, a lot of people don't know is, I like you mentioned um, sun-grown product. Sun-grown product is way better for you. A lot of people are in love with this in-grown, pro indoor product and, you know, all this. Sun-grown, when it comes from the sun, it gets you enhanced opportunities, enhanced feelings, enhanced on the terpenes and stuff like that, and it's all natural. natural. Yeah. We love that. Um, 
Are these and, yours? And there's some people. You, no. need, you don't have a drink? Um, Neither one of you? I've, I've finished them. My, one of those might be mine and one of them over there. <laughs> this is brand new. I just We the, crack the, these to smell them. The, the Derby one was. <laughs> yeah, the, the Derby one. Let me one get you one. This is Durban. Right. Unopened. I don't know whose these are. I so know, I, I, I had one of these and I tasted the, the lime one. I, I like the flavor on this one. The, most. the Durban poison one is the one that I really I like really that like. that strain in general. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good flavor one right there. Sparkling tequila. Well, look, let me say this about the space. In ten years, there's going to be numerous billionaires that are going to come out of this space, right? You can't really identify it today. Because the space is going to morph itself into a bunch of different things. Most people don't understand this, but I'm sharing this with you. This is really unique to almost any product that has come out in the last you know, 100 years. I'll tell you what. The, the pharmaceutical business, those companies are getting into cannabis. The beverage companies, those big companies are getting into cannabis, mm -hmm. right? The tobacco companies, those businesses, they're getting into cannabis, right? And then you gotta be looking and saying, okay, well, all the big companies, so now, let's think about it. Uber is now moving into the space. They bought a company in Canada, Yep. right? So this industry, once it becomes legal, it's gonna go up tenfold, mm -hmm. and that's when all the incredible stuff is starting to happen, right? So let's just say, for instance, like you're a beautiful woman, your skin is beautiful and everything. I mean, you could go a couple of different ways. You could go, okay, I have a, a beauty product and I have my smoke product, right? You could, there's, there's combinations because what you have to think is down the road, brands are going to be built and you really kind of need to get in early, learn a little bit about the business, and when the opportunity comes, just like roll it out in a deep way. Right. And that's some of the things that we've learned, and that's part of what we're doing with people is, is helping them understand how to move through the space. So you guys are the perfect people for me. There you go. Because I'm a, I'm a one-woman show. Okay, for like two and a half years now, do all my own editing, all my own filming, like everything's A to Z. It's all me. And it's just a lot to try and get to the next level when you really don't know what direction you want to go, right? right? Like, so I've been trying to learn just ways to like connect with the right people, not people that just want to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you because you're pretty, and then you don't talk to them after they don't, you don't want to fuck them. Right. You know, it's like yeah. that's a lot. So I get it. Like I'm beautiful, I get it, but like I don't even look at that because like my drive is so much further, and that's why I've, I've came to this point. Like I wouldn't right. even have made it if I didn't have a brain. You know. So let me tell you something. Um, when you have a following and people look at what you got going on and you're consistently putting out content, we work with high profile celebrities to mid-level celebrities to micro influencers as well. Those who put the work in are really willing to put that work in and they're willing to put out consistent content attached to a brand. You can't equate a following to a brand success because mm -hmm. people look at like, do you care about how many followers Tide has? Well, this is the thing. Like, I lost all my social media two months ago. I got oh, wow. taken off of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Like, they was wow. getting me. I don't know what I did. I don't know who I pissed WhatsApp off. WhatsApp, too? And WhatsApp. Yeah, I can't even contact family. Like, Damn. <laughs> crazy. 
So I rebuilt. I've been rebuilding for the past like month or two, and it's just like another hurdle. It's like a punch in the gut because it's like I didn't give a fuck about social media until I had yeah. a podcast. Now I have to give a fuck about it, you know. But it's like in reality. I don't give a fuck, but like I have to because it's my business. This is how I promote it. This is how I promote my episodes. This is how I drive traffic to my website. You know, so I think what what you what what I what I would tell you to do is start with LinkedIn. I do have. I just made one. So get on LinkedIn, go heavy on that. Start producing and putting out little clips of your content on there. Go to Twitter. Is it? Do they cock block you though? Because like a lot of my content is weed and dick. So like. Well, the dick part you you're not gonna do (laughs) it. I just gotta say, <laughs> I got adult adult film stars in here all the time. The, 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 the dick part, you won't be able to get away with that on LinkedIn. You the will cannabis? be able to get away with that. Okay. On on Twitter, you will be able to because they they flat out have you know sexual content. Now Elon Musk just took over Twitter, so we don't know on there. You might be able to get away with the dick part there. Yeah, yeah. You can get get away with the, the dick part. There. I really don't want to ask you how that dick. Thing I'm just works. saying, it's like the That's easiest way to put it. You know, it's like we talk about weed, dick, food. I don't know, like. Okay. <laughs> Or men talking about their dick. They're the male porn star. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, I do yeah, adult yeah. industry as well. So okay, it's a go. lot of like taboo. And the section yeah. is called taboo. Okay. So yeah, when you go on so my I, website, you have, your only, you have an OnlyFans page? I do not. Oh, no, okay. I, I, I have not. I, I'm like, was that there, the line you just the line draw? is drawn? I have a lot of merch and like. I mean, things, you can do OnlyFans without maybe my foot. Know. I will literally. I'll do my foot. I'll do my foot. That's about it. Okay, you can do your foot. You know, like. Because they're pretty, right? Everyone's like, okay. So, so those are nice feet, right? Right? But you ain't catching me, like, putting out, like, no. It's just not me. It's never but, been. But let me ask you a question. What if, because there's so many women that say that. Yeah. But what if all of a sudden you started making, like, 45, 50,000 a month? All fucking on, on camera? No, no, no. You don't have to fuck. What I got to really, do? What you're doing is trying to be seductive, right? Like, all of a sudden, look, you've got a nice cleavage. Right? I'm like this, and I get 45 grand. <laughs> I mean, you have to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> let's, well, let's do a dry run. Because <laughs> right? there's limits, you know? I'm like, eh. I'm going to do the whole thing. Well, first of all, I would have been rich by now if I fucking could fake shit, okay? If you could fake it? I mean, you could fake it. Every woman knows how to fake a little there's bit. There's a lot Come of faking going on. Have you faked in the last year? An orgasm? I've never faked an orgasm in my life. You've never faked. We talked about this on a women's um, intention brunch we did, because I had was talking to a sex therapist, and she was saying a lot of women fake their orgasms to please their men or make them feel like their big daddy. And I'm like, I will never fake that shit. I will get off your dick and walk out. I don't know. But. (laughs) I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You is not kidding. I am not your mom. I am not making you feel better today when you was fucking up. Okay? Nope. We're going to call it out and move on. Also, some women know how to get their own orgasm. Are you, you know are how you, to get your own are orgasm? Are you bisexual? You cannot not know how to get your own orgasm. How are you going to have someone else get you off if you can't because get really yourself off? Because really what you're saying is, okay, I need you to just shut the fuck up and stay right there. Well, wait a minute. Stay hard and then work it, right? Hold on, hold on. There is a, there is a consistent way of getting somebody <laughs> off. You know, right? Right. There's a consistent way of getting somebody off and it not being you. That's communication. Well, a lot of men don't have communication because it's called ego and they're too busy worrying about their own dick. 
Yeah, well, so. you just you gotta find the right dudes to communicate. <laughs> you know what I mean? On the next episode. <laughs> On the next episode. We'll be right back with the gift conversation. Thank you guys for being here. Thank Did you. you have a good time? I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. you jumping in. It was last minute, but I appreciate you and, hanging and out. And it went into some interesting subjects. Yes. Yeah, you can edit, edit all the dick <laughs> stuff out of here. That's the fun part. <laughs> get us banned off LinkedIn. We gotta get, we gotta get back. <laughs> You right, to you told me to get on LinkedIn now. We talk about dick. We are not getting banned. There's no. bad influences. <laughs> we got to get back to the party, y'all. It's been real. All right. Face. Bye. Okay, so we're back. The final interview at MJ BizCon at the El Jefe Speak Easy. Powered by Contacts, hosted by Pemberton Distribution and Unforgettable Wine and Spirits. And today yes. I have the man behind the... I guess not the music, but the everything. Mr. Jeremy Crittenden, owner of... Good job. Did I do it good? Yeah, that was awesome. Owner of Pemberton Distribution, correct? Pemberton Distribution, yes, and okay. Unforgettable Fine Wine and Spirits. So you're, you're for both? Yes, okay. and I can explain that too. Okay, so basically what I gathered was that you represent spirits for Nevada's mm -hmm. top five-star restaurants and nightclubs. Yes. And you kind of have an exclusive high-end taste like your client, like your clientele, and the way that your website looks, it's kind of like, okay, the who's who of like mm -hmm. your taste buds. We want people that like have traveled, kind of mm -hmm. tasted and acquired these things. So your spirits and everything that you guys represent is all of that, correct? Uh, and that's why we started the new, the other company you mentioned, which is Unforgettable Fine Wine and Spirits, because that encompassed our portfolio, that encompassed our service uh, to the, uh, to our customers and to the industry. So, um, we're actually moving and that's why there's unforgettable is we're moving from Pemberton fine, fine wine and spirits, which is an ambiguous former owner's last name to unforgettable fine wine and spirits. Because every time, you know, we service you or you buy something from our portfolio or your customer has one of our beverages, it's an unforgettable experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so tell me, how do you get into the liquor industry in general? Oh, well, we've all been in the liquor industry in general. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean since 13, I was drinking bottles. But so right, like, right. What, how do you get into it? You know how I got into it, actually? In New York, I was going to a nightclub when I was 14, and I realized that they wouldn't let me in the front door. So if I showed up at 3 in the afternoon in the back door and started filling up the ice bin, and if the managers didn't say anything and saw me filling up ice bins, like, yeah, take that to the bar, I knew I had a job, I knew I was in. And then I met a lot of, uh, of the art, recording artists coming through the nightclubs, and, and then I asked if I could sweep the place, so at 14 I was a club rat. Okay. Right? But it was because of alcohol, because I'm, I'm getting ice and stuff for the, not only for the artists, but for the bars. And, and they're uh, giving you a shot in between. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yep. Um, but then we were, as you mentioned, you were a bartender, and so um, tending bars what got me professional in it. And of course, as you probably have, re have realized, being a bartender, it's not necessarily the money that is the value, but it's the network. And so, um, that's what I used it for, but I was in it for a long time. I, was, I had too much fun, so I was in it for 18 years. I was bartending, and then my network grew so much, and I met my current partner now. I was a customer of his, because after a while, bartending is one of the last professions that is an internship, pretty much. There's no, there's no class you could take. There's no college course. 
there's no way to elevate. You're only as good as your last, it's, an, it's not an internship, it's an apprenticeship. Yeah. You're only as good as the last people you worked around or you're only as good as the best people you've worked around in your past. And so, uh, you know, after, after a while, you, it gets to where it's very hard to learn. And um, I always look for two things in a, in a career or in a job is either I gotta learn or make money. And if I'm doing both, I'm, I'm, I'm in a great place. Right. So um, with bartending, my, I stopped learning but my network was impeccable, and whenever my partner would come in, he'd bring me some of these high-end products, and I would learn every time he came. I'm like, listen, I, I don't learn much these days, and every time you walk in, you're bringing in, uh, it's not just a cognac, but you brought in the purveyor, the, the son, the guy who's actually making the cognac. His grand, great-grandfather started the brand in the 1700s in, in France. You brought him in, I'm, I get to bounce off of him, and, and then we appreciate each other because he sees the passion and, and the knowledge and respect that I have and uh, for what him and his family has done. And so learning again when I met my partner, and it turns out that he was in this distribution game, um, I, I, I Right before COVID, just hopped in and became a partner and COO of a fine wine and spirits distribution company. Oh, so it's kind of fresh in a way. 2020? You know what? Well, that's when I became a partner. Um, I, was, I was actually working with him in probably 2017. About 2017. That's when I moved here. Yeah. So I was kind of doing this on the side, you know, getting my feels for it, just getting introduced to the distribution side, the supplier side. It's very different than being a consumer. Um, but that knowledge translates very well. You know, the having knowledge of spirits and wine, having a love for it, being a professional alcoholic, <laughs> it, it translates very well on the supply. So That's yeah, <laughs> amen. It's, I said, I just say functional degenerate. It works. <laughs> we are in the house of functional degenerates right now. <laughs> Amen. I will light some incense and we will say a prayer to Buddha. <laughs> we and are we there. we will be fine tomorrow. And cheers. we drank some good tequila. Amen. And we won't we be will hungover. We will be fine. That is, if, you don't, if you're not hungover, you didn't drink enough. That's my fourth A. I think I'm trying in my 30s to like not be hungover and I went home to Jersey for like a week and after a week, like I'm just like, how am I surviving? Like, I don't even know how I used to live here because Jersey's a tough one to go back to. It's I love it. I love it, but it's like I could never be on a diet there. I could never be yeah, sober there. Yeah. I, I couldn't. There's no way I could even yeah. be normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have a ball every time. Yeah. Okay, so I know you, you were doing um, mixed drink of the month. Yeah. Right. What's your oh, you put that off our website. Oh man, that program we've kind of uh, has been going down a bit. We will be Mr. Jumak's mixed drink of the month, especially during the, uh, the summer season. Because um, the sangria kind of one looked like sangria That's one was favorite. very cool. Um, yeah, no, we don't. We, I don't have them for this particular season. Actually, here's the drink of the season: is El Hempe. Okay. Have we discussed go. El Hempe already? We have. Okay. We talked. To oh, the Tony owner. was in. Yeah. That's right. We talked My to man. Tony. So, do you have a favorite cocktail that you like when you do drink? Yes, I've got a few. Um, and depending on the uh, reason in the season, um, yeah, I love classics. So my, the Aviation, the Blood and Sand, the Negroni, mm. and then my dailies, whatever I mix with soda because I'm, I'm, I'm moving quick. <laughs> and favorite way to use cannabis? Oh, that's a good one. This is a, a, an MJ BizCon thing. I actually use cannabis daily, and I've been doing such for decades, 
literally over 20 years uh, prior to Hello. going to the gym. So you say before the gym? Yeah. Yeah, so do you smoke? Uh, How do you do it? Yeah, like flour. Flour, yeah. Okay, same. Well, so I, you know, I've, I've done extracts. I've, I've tried to be healthy most of my life, so I kind of maintain or, or be aware of what I put in my body, and I'm not sh very fully familiar with uh, vapes and what yeah each one does. And there's so many variants, and you know, the, I eat enough seafood. I'm, I'm a pescatarian. I, the last thing I need is more heavy metals in my body, so I'm not sure. So yes, flour or edibles, um, but for the gym, and my daily smoking is actually typically out of a water bong, like I always, this is, you know, since the early 90s, you know, I take a hit of a bong, and it gives me that mind-body connection when I go to the gym, it's, it's my pre-workout. Nice. I've been doing it forever. I love smoking before the gym. Yes. I'm in my zone. People, at that I'm part. like, why are you trying to talk to me on the squat machine? I'm high as fuck, leave me the fuck alone. People ask me all the time, like, how, how do you even function? I just wanna sit on my couch, I'm like, no. Well, here's what happened also, there's, a, there's another benefit, not only do like a mind-body connection, but yeah, you zone in, half down low, music's turned up, focused, right? And I realized that if I'm at the gym sober, this is a long time ago I realized this, and I'm at the gym sober, <laughs> Um, you know, I'll think about I'm hungry or let me finish these reps. When I am I smoke, I'm more about the form, the function, and the feeling of it. You know, how is how am I actually performing in the gym? So let's say you have to go to failure. I will literally go to failure with the right form uh, as opposed to being sober like, okay, failure is now. I want to get out of here. I'm hungry. I'm, you know, I'm 30. So it really puts me more in the moment of being right. there as opposed to let me get the fuck out of the gym, right. which most people are like that. I'm never on the phone in the gym because I mean, literally, if I'm if, if I'm not I'm uh, switching my song, so, right? Yeah. It, right. Well, I got the little earbuds, but so yeah. So I'm either or, or looking at my next what are my next uh, workout, uh, wor yeah, yeah, or my yeah, next yeah. exercises are. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm never I'm, I'm stretching in between sets. I'm always standing. I'm never sitting down. It's because of that. It kind of puts me in that zone. Um, so that is pr that's that is why my favorite way. I, that is my favorite way in, the, in my in my pre workout. Um, but I do like edibles a lot, and when I time it right, I found a really <laughs> great workout. Before I leave my job, I'll pop an edible and then get to the gym within about an hour later. <laughs> Can you and drive that's back? That's phenomenal. Though? That's my thing. Like I can't drive back after I do all from the gym. From anywhere after I'm on an edible, I, I don't want to drive. Like I, if I'm if I'm doing that, I don't want to drive. I, I try to time it right. We live in Vegas. Everything's a half a half hour away. So exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So I'll take it. I know I'm a half hour away from my apartment, and then I take about 20 minutes to change clothes. Get the pre. I don't even do a pre workout. And at now that it's point. getting now it's like kicking in. Yeah, and by the time I get to the gym, bam, Jay Z is on. I got the weights. Let's roll. Yeah, so that's that's my favorite way to enjoy cannabis. I'm I'm not uh, it, I'm less of a of a social character on cannabis. So oh yeah, you told me you don't like yeah. to socialize. Okay, right. So you'd rather be in your zone. Gotcha. Right. I used to sit. I don't want to even get into it. <laughs> okay, so 2023. Any special <laughs> events for Pemberton Distribution? Unforgettable wines and spirits. You got anything in Vegas coming up? Like. What's going on? Yeah, we actually had another event tonight downtown, the Fremont Country Club. Oh, that's where I'm going to um, go at 11. Yep, yep, okay. yep. At 11, um, I won't be there. 
Um, I've had enough. He's already high. I've had enough. <laughs> he doesn't want to be around anymore. Right, right. I've had enough. Um, but yeah, so we also distribute uh, Jeezy's spirit, uh, his cognac called Nod. Okay. And he is a resident at Dre's. So every time he's here for his performances, we're with him uh, representing Nod, his cognac, which I have behind me over there. I don't know if you want to get that on camera. There, I'll grab it. So this is young Jeezy. My baby. Ain't going to hold you. Not Jeezy. Young Jeezy, okay, guys? Jeezy. So this Trap is or die. Trap or die. <laughs> Ain't gonna hold you. So, um, so when he's in town, we'll take him around to uh, support his brand at various um, Please take me retail as a, stores. Uh, I need to support. <laughs> Absolutely. Go to Lee's by Nod. The VS and VSOP are there. Whenever he's in town, uh, again, he and he has a residency at Dre's. So yeah. we're there. We're supporting. Make sure Dre's has enough of his product. Um, yeah. So we. I, when I was at Dre's, we never sold it. So it must have been after, much after I left. Uh, he bought into it. Uh, he had a wildly successful investment in a tequila brand called Avion, mm -hmm. and that made it onto a program called Entourage that they may mm -hmm. be familiar with. It really blew the brand up. He sold out of his shares, made a, a good profit, and then went to our um, one of our importers and asked for another tequila, and. They obliged, but when they were looking at his contracts, they did not compete. So it couldn't be in tequila. So they proposed this cognac brand, which is awesome. It's Nod, which stands for Noble and Unique Distillery. And he fell in love with it, invested in the brand, and he's a wow. part owner. And Shout that is a market. Shout out to Jeezy. Uh, he's, he's making business moves. I mean, he knows <sighs> he's doing it very well. Boss moves. Boss moves. And we're happy to be a part of it and support him in Las Vegas. Sweet. Yeah. How was your event? Do you like it? Which one? Tonight? Tonight. Oh, it's this great. This one that we're ending. It's you great. Like it? Yes. Uh, quality people. Um, wonderful people. Uh, some that I haven't seen in a while. Some that I've seen for the first time. So it was excellent. Excellent. Uh, Thank you for having event. me. Thank you for being here. Yeah, yes. you took over our magic room. Actually, this is this, <laughs> this is, is where it this is where it happens. We have had tastings last six seven hours in here with some top tier restaurants in town, entire wow. teams. We've had mixologists fall asleep right here on this table. <laughs> Uber knows us well. Don't talk about me like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Uber knows us very well. Uh, no, this is, uh, this is our little trap, you know? This is our trap house. Yes. So, and we call it the trap house because. Because it's easy? <laughs> no, kinda. But if I come see you at your environment, and I can maybe, I make them bring, you know, nine, 12 bottles with me and we'll have a good time, right? We'll talk. But if I can get you in here, amongst all of our gems, it also opens your mind up to all the possibilities. You, you might go down certain rabbit holes that I, we can fulfill right there at the moment. So you might be in here for tequila and you see some right. gin and you see some agave, you know, some, some mezcal. Or you might see some cognac. You're like, oh shit. Oh, I didn't know you carried that, that kind of stuff. So yeah, this is the trap house. This, is, this room has, uh, is where all the deals are made. And it's so low key and humble and lowly and indiscreet, right? We're discreet, it's discreet. Discreet. It's very discreet. We're discreet. Yes. So, Shout out yeah. to El Hempe Speakeasy. Thank you. Shout out to the Thank El Hempe Speakeasy me. tonight. She is. Cheers. Salud. It's been real. Thank it's you guys for joining us during MJ BizCon. It's only going to keep going. It's only day, what, three? It's like day three, day yeah. Day three of, what, five or seven? I don't something know. like there's that. A, there's like three more events tonight that I, I, I might make something to. I don't know yet. I don't Amen. Know. I need to smoke a blunt is what I need to do because I haven't smoked since I've been here. It's been a little bit. A little uh, bit. We might have a J. We definitely have some edibles. 
I got a blunt ready in my purse. <laughs> and it's empty biscuit, but we got shrooms. Sativa. Oh, and I got shrooms too. I got 3,200 milligram bar. How? Oh. The squares are this big to break off. I'm like, bitch, I don't even want to try it. I, I eat point tens. Oh, I don't, shit. I don't need a 3,000 milligram shroom. I have a FedEx <laughs> bag of weight, so I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get fucked up. <laughs> it's been real. Thank you for having me. Yes. Shout out to everyone who uses cannabis for their purpose, whether it's medicinal, mental, physical, plants over pills, you know, the stigma, we are breaking it every day. Yes. And if you are in a state that you can't, that you feel like you're stigmatized in, I understand. That's why I move. So sometimes you have to make that move in order to give yourself better medicine for you, your kids, your family, whatever it may be. So don't be afraid to take the jump. But um, thank you once more. And Thank you for Faded Truth for being here. Until next time, peace. You, you gotta say bye. Peace. <laughs> 40 floors up, we in the sky. Looking at the views, feeling high. This is shit that make me feel alive. No cares, no sense of time. Just about an hour goes past. Problems disappear with every laugh. Residue at bottom of the glass. Time stop for you asking. Feel it yet? 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 Hey, hey. Feel it yet, feel it yet, feel it yet, feel it yet, feel it yet.